You're listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Instructions. Hello my radio friends. Welcome to this another Give Me the Bible program. Do you know how to change the wheel on a car? In case you don't, I want to share with you how to do it. Later on, you'll understand why I want to go through this first. Here are the instructions to change a wheel. Firstly, observe which tyre is flat. Second, apply the car's handbrake and chock a back wheel. Of course, not the flat one. And third, get out the car's jack and wheel brace. Fourthly, loosen the wheel nuts with the wheel brace by turning them anti-clockwise about one turn while the wheel is still on the ground. Fifth, jack up the car so the wheel is clear of the ground. Six, now remove all the wheel nuts. Seven, remove the wheel. Eight, have the spare wheel ready and fit it on, fit on the wheel studs. Um, number nine, Lower and remove the jack. And ten, now that the wheel is on the ground, further tighten the wheel nuts so that they are firm and tight. Ten, put all the tools, chocks and the wheel with the flat tyre back in place and you're ready to go. Now that wasn't hard, was it? Could any of those instructions be left out? How about number nine? the one about tightening the wheel nuts when the wheel is on the ground. Is that really necessary? Well, yes. If the wheel nuts are not pinched up firmly, there's a risk of them later working loose and the wheel coming off. Should that happen, you'd be in a very dangerous situation. What about number two, the one about applying the handbrake and chocking a back wheel? Is that really necessary? From experience, I can tell you that it is not at all helpful when the car rolls forward or backward and the jack tips over. No, to omit applying the handbrake and chocking another wheel can be quite dangerous. It is better to do it right in the first place rather than have to go to all the trouble to do it all over again. Some of you might question instruction number four, which says to slightly loosen the wheel nuts before jacking the car up. Can't the nuts be loosened when the wheel is already jacked up? Well, maybe in some cases that could work, but the wheel is likely to turn because the nuts are so tight. You need to turn the nuts rather than the wheel. Believe me, I've tried to take shortcuts in changing the wheel and it's best to follow the instructions as given. Often, shortcuts are not shortcuts at all. When the nuts cannot be loosened with the wheel off the ground, 
You have to let the jack down to get the wheel back on the ground so that the friction between the tyre and the ground is greater than the turning force on the nuts. Successful outcomes rely on following the instructions. In the book of Proverbs, the first chapter in verses 7 to 9, is this powerful statement. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear the instruction of your father, and forsake not the law of your mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto your head, and chains about your neck. So, here we're presented with two contrasts. On one hand, are those described as fools who reject and even despise wisdom and instruction. On the other hand, are those whose lives are successful because they take notice of what their father and mother tell them. Now, there is a big difference between receiving instruction and applying what you've learned. Applying what you learn is often referred to as obedience. If you know anything about the history of the nation of Israel, you would know that there were long periods of time when they fell into idolatry and were as bad as the surrounding pagan nations. Deuteronomy chapter 30 is about the final instructions Moses proclaimed to his people, the Israelites, just before he died. From verses 15 to 20, I recommend you read this verse, these verses and abide by them in this day and age as well. They are just as timely today as they were a few thousand years ago. This is what Moses said. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commands, decrees and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord will, your God will bless you in the land you're entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you're not obedient and you're drawn to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you're crossing the Jordan to possess. This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hearken unto him. Now Moses, who had led his people for 40 years, recognized and proclaimed the importance of obeying God's instructions. And like in the case of Moses, often 
the final words someone says just before going away or dying are very, very important. The Israelite leader following Moses was Joshua. Just prior to his death, he called the people together to deliver another important message. It's from Joshua chapter 24, verses 15 to 24. You better read it for yourself, as I'm not going to read all of it, but have selected some parts from the message. And this is what Joshua said. Now, fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Throw away the foreign gods or idols that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, We will serve the Lord our God and obey him. Well, history attests that when the people obeyed the Lord, they were at peace and were prosperous. When they chose to disobey the Lord, the Lord, they had lots of trouble, including enemy invasions, droughts, and social and political instability. It's my opinion, as I observe all the troubles that engulf society in the 21st century, that a possible cause of those troubles is that people have forsaken God and his laws. God seems to have been replaced by drugs, entertainment, pleasure, sport, education, materialism, love of money and love of power. How can God bless those who ignore him or, as in some cases, even deny his existence? The people God chose to represent him, that's the Israelites, to the surrounding nations, mostly failed in their duty. Although they proclaimed that they would serve the Lord and obey him previously, they eventually became mixed up in idolatry and sadly failed in their mission. Many of the Old Testament prophets were given warnings by God to deliver to those recalcitrant people. There were messages of warning, appealing to the people to turn from their wicked ways or they would receive punishment. On the other hand, God in his mercy sent messages that if the people turned from their wickedness and returned to him, he would bless them just as Moses and Joshua had proclaimed many years earlier. But the people remained in their wickedness and spurned God's gracious offers and the whole nation was eventually captured and taken prisoner by the Babylonians in around the time of 597 BC. The prophet Jeremiah was given a message by God to deliver to the people, and I'll read it to you from Jeremiah 17 verses 21 through to 27. It reads thus, Say to them, that's the people, 
Hear the word of the Lord, O kings of Judah and everyone living in Jerusalem who come through these gates. This is what the Lord says. Be careful not to carry a load on the Sabbath day or bring it through the gates of Jerusalem. Do not bring a load out of your houses or do any work on the Sabbath, but keep the Sabbath day holy as I commanded your forefathers. Yet that they did not listen or pay attention. They were stiff-necked and would not respond to discipline. But if you are careful to obey me, says the Lord, and bring no load through the gates of this city on the Sabbath, but keep the Sabbath day holy by not doing work on it, then kings who sat on David's throne will come through these gates with their officials. But if you do not obey me to keep the Sabbath day holy and not carrying any load as you come through the gates of Jerusalem on the Sabbath day, then I will kindle an unquenchable fire in the gates of Jerusalem that will consume their fortresses. Unfortunately, the people ignored God's messages until his patience was exhausted. So God used the Babylonians to come and capture the people and destroy the city that they previously regarded as their safe haven. Now, you might have been wondering, why all the fuss about the Sabbath? Friends, I believe the Sabbath is a pivotal issue that determines how committed a person is to the Lord. Through the prophet Ezekiel, the Lord announced the importance of following his laws for another reason. It was to keep uppermost in one's mind that God is there, that he is the creator, and it is he who needs to be the centre of our lives. This is what the Lord said in Ezekiel 20.20. I am the Lord your God. Follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Keep my Sabbaths holy, that they may be a sign between us. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. Yes, I know there are many good people who love the Lord. But when it comes to giving their time to worship the Lord as he has commanded, many of them are unwilling to go that second mile. We're going to have a little break here and we'll go on straight afterwards. soul by sin oppressed there's mercy with the Lord and he will surely give you rest by trusting in his word only trust him only trust him only trust him now he will save you save you now for Jesus shed his 
precious blood, rich blessings to bestow. Plunge now into the crimson flood that washes white as snow. Only trust Him, only trust Him, only trust Him now. He will save you, He will save you, He will save you now. Yes, Jesus is the truth, the way that leads you into rest. Believe in Him without delay. Today we're talking about instructions. The Israelite people were given God's instructions through the commandments about how they should live. Those commandments were not just for the Israelites. They were for the whole of humanity. As I've shared with you in in an earlier program, the argument that the Ten Commandments were abolished at the cross is a load of rubbish. That argument is nothing but a cover-up to avoid doing what God commanded about worshipping on the seventh day of the week. There may be good reasons for Sunday worship, but those reasons are insufficient for breaking a direct command, the instruction given by God himself. So what are those commandments? they are to be found in Exodus chapter 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5. The proper commandments are in a normal Bible. The Roman Catholic Bible is not faithful to the original version, and the Lutheran Catechism also has an altered form of God's law similar to what the Catholics have. Here is what God has given that should govern society. First commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. Second, you shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those that hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Now, I have to tell you here, 
that the Catholics have completely removed this commandment because they have images in their churches and homes. Commandment number three. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Number four. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labour and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Commandment number five. Honour your father and mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Number six. You shall not murder. Number seven. You shall not commit adultery. Number eight. You shall not steal. Number nine, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbour. And number ten, you shall not covet your neighbour's house. You shall not covet your neighbour's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbour. Now, I want to go through these ten commandments given by God and summarise them in my words. Number one, God is to be first, last, and best in everything. We are to respect God. Number two, don't be involved in idol worship or any worship other than worshipping God. Respect him who's above you, and give him your worship. Number three, Use God's name with reverence and care. In other words, to respect God's holy name. Number four. Keep the seventh day of the week as your holy day, because the Lord himself blessed that day and made it holy. We are to respect God as the creator by worshipping him on the seventh day of the week. Number five, respect your parents. Number six, respect that others have the right to live just as much as you do. Number seven, respect marriage and family rights. Number eight, respect other people's property rights. Number nine, don't tell lies. Respect the expectation that you are always to tell the truth. And number ten, don't want what others have for yourself. Be content with what you have. Now there's a question. By what standard will God judge who is righteous to receive eternal life and who is wicked to receive eternal death? Surely he must have some standard or other. Two verses in Scripture make that quite clear. The first is on Isaiah 
chapter 8, verse 20, it says, To the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. In other words, a person's character is revealed by whether he or she is guided by God's law and the testimony about God. The other verse referring to the standard God will use to determine who is righteous or unrighteous is found in Revelation chapter 14 verse 12. This verse speaks about who the saved, God's true people, are. The verse says, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. It is a false teaching that God's law was abolished at the cross. Don't fall for that blatant lie. God's law, as explained by Jesus, is permanent. God's judgment of who will be saved or not depends on two things. The first is by our keeping of his commandments, and the second is by accepting the righteousness of Christ as our substitute because we have broken God's law. For those who claim to love the Lord yet claim that the law was abolished, I have a question. What do you do with the statement of Jesus where he said, If you love me, keep my commandments? What do you do with the statement of the Apostle John who said in 1 John 5.3, For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. What do you do with the statement of the Apostle Paul who said in 1 Corinthians 7.19, Circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing. Keeping God's commandments is what counts. Do you just sweep these statements like these under the carpet? Do you blithely believe that you are saved while ignoring your personal duty to God? Do you think that all you have to do is to believe without being involved in your own salvation? Do you have a responsibility in your own salvation? My friends, God has laid down the instructions of how we are to live. Although, it's not adherence to the law that actually saves you. You must recognise that you will want to keep God's law because you have accepted salvation and not the other way around. Don't be deluded by false teachers who say that God's moral law, the Ten Commandments, has been abolished. God gave clear instructions, and we are expected to live by these. Jesus is our example. He did his Father's will. Jesus lived by the principles of the law, and Jesus kept the Sabbath. But... How about you?